podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here we go, it's the Combine Podcast. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Combine Podcast, and that sums up what we've just seen. I'm Matt, and I'm joined by Tim, Mick, that one's easier, and Jay. How are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matthew. Fucking hell. That was that was disappointing. Okay. Where to, begin? Where to begin? Uh well I mean I guess we're all kind of bummed, aren't we? I feel like I feel like I've been bummed. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jad. Honestly, Big Sam wearing that mask that entire game, because that's what you wear on buses. And he fucking parked the biggest bus ever. Fucking ridiculous. But uh, to yeah. be fair, are any of us surprised at the way he played? Really, because we no. all know what he's about. He's played. He's brought so many teams to Anfield. And he's always played like that. I'm, I'm not surprised the game went like that. Probably because we all thought, "How oh, could he really make that much of a difference within a week?" Well, obviously, that proves it. But you know, giving a lot of credit to West Brom and Big Sam, obviously. But we were fucking shit that second half. We really were. I really thought we could get somewhere, but we couldn't. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's exactly the point. Um, I think that we should touch on more than anything is that second half was dreadful, but that first half we were all over the place. And, and I kind of got the the impression that we're going to regret not taking all these chances that we're carving out in this first half. And and I guess that, that's what happened, isn't it, Mick? Yeah, yeah. Like, boss, boss man, I go after what, like 12 minutes. That's like same as like Palace in a way where you get a nice early goal. And you need to push on from that, especially like like you said, Jay. Like you, you know what you're gonna you're gonna face a, a six four formation across a six across the back, and then four across the middle, just blocking all paths paths and access paths passes. And it was just one of them. Like it's just you need to make your chances tell. And that was like Mane had one, didn't he? As well in the first good ball from Hendo after he scored, and he good header, but they weren't chances. Were just they were just half chances really. Like we we needed to. We weren't turning the screw in the same way we did, and like second half, you're expecting like a rocket from Klopp saying like let's 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 start turning the screw here and like get at least get a goal as soon as we can to kill it off because the longer the game went on, the more adventurous they were being because the, why wouldn't he be like especially given we we kept giving away like sloppy corners and stuff and that's what the, their goal came from like Curtis Jones dawdling on the ball and they get a corner off it and he scores like well. They kind of deserved it because we we just didn't put them to bed, so we were asking for trouble. And yeah, I mean, one thing that we need to touch on, I suppose, apart from the disappointment of the of the of, well, it feels like a defeat. Apart from the disappointment of the draw, is that we've now got no fit senior centre backs, do we, Tim? Yeah, I feel partially responsible for that because me, me and Mick were talking in the pre-game show, and I was saying, "Oh, it's nice to see Matt, you know, two games in a row, you know, you know, all this kind of stuff." And then half an hour in, and he's on the floor. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, just again, it was worst case scenario: you lose a centre back and you give away a game that was in the first half. You thought that, that was there for the taking. I mean. Yeah, it's it's kind of that that game might hurt us in the long run in more ways than one with that massive injury and obviously dropping the two points. It would have been great to have pushed on and and, and kept the get the the um the lead at the top of the table at, at five. 
But I mean, it, it just puts a little bit more pressure on uh, on going to Newcastle and getting getting a result now. Um, you know, we've got to go up to, and you know, Newcastle isn't a place an easy place to go. And you know, it's it's pressures on a little bit now because Everton are on a bit of a, a run of form, and and you know, I know the likes of Chelsea have, have dropped points, but Man City are coming good now, and all these kind of teams, and th- these kind of results uh, might come back to bite us on the backside, you know, and in the back stretch of the season. Yeah, I mean, Jay, you said uh, you said off air it was like no one wants to win this league. It's just it, it's a golden opportunity wasted, isn't it? Yeah, mate, and that's what's really pissing us off. And it, again, you look at the Fulham game when we drop points, other teams around us have dropped points as well. And you, you thought going into that game we can capitalise on that and have a, have a gap, and we've we failed again. And I, you know what? After eleven minutes, I was watching, you know, obviously watching the game, and you think, and I, I just had something in my gut feeling, thinking. I can see this being another Fulham because we had three clear-cut chances in the box where the ball had come across twice. Salah had a bit of a, a fluff at a couple of chances. And I just thought, I've got a feeling here that this is going to be the exact same thing. That's not me giving it Johnny Big Bollocks thinking, oh, I fucking knew what was going to happen. Of course, I expect us to fucking spank him after we got that first goal because I thought that'd settle our nerves and then we, we can crack on. But it's just so frustrating because that was a golden opportunity to really put a gap between us and Everton and Leicester. And I worry about Man United a little bit because they've got a game in hand. You know, they win that game and what would that put them on? They put them on two points behind us and we've still got to play them again. Um, you know, and it's, it's, we've got to play them twice, actually, haven't we? So it's it's really worrying. Um, but the only saving grace, like what Tim just said there about the centre-back options is, you know, we're only a few more days away from the January transfer window and I would expect um, us to buy a centre-half. And obviously Nick's just put the comment in there as well saying, I think this shows that we need to buy a centre-back in January. Williams wasn't fast enough to keep up with his player. Yeah, I agree with that. Williams did get uh, get, get caught out a couple of times. I reckon that the the probably the deals are already done behind the scenes. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I reckon as soon as Van Dyke got injured, I think we knew we had to find somebody. So I, I imagine we will get somebody. But the way we've been playing recently with centre-halves, I thought we were going to ride the wave. And I've said that on many shows that I thought we, we were getting getting somewhere, mate. But I just think, yeah, we it's just, like you said, Matt, it just feels like a defeat, man. It really does. Yeah. We could have opened up a nice gap going into the new year. And especially with two tough away games now, it's, oh, it's so annoying. Yeah, I think if we would have played the whole match, how we played that second half, then we'd both be sitting, and we'd all be sitting here saying, you know what, a point probably didn't deserve that. But that first half was just, we were just unbelievable, weren't we, Mick? Let's try, we just, for five minutes, let's be a little bit positive and just admire that first half before we just slate the boys because that first half, it could have been endless the amount of goals that we scored had it been another day. Yeah, and I echo what Joy said though. Like I could just see, like once the more we were missing the chances and yeah. like the part that the final pass just weren't there, or Robert was f- just firing balls in for fun. And no one was on the end of them. You're like, oh, any other day, like the, the, at least one of them, someone just gets a toe on and it goes bottom corner, and it just wasn't happening for us. And I could see it was it was going to happen. They were going to get more and more adventurous, and it's just it is just frustrating, especially with like you said, with Matip getting injured as well. I don't know how long that's going to be because he's just kind of I don't know if he's tweaked something, but yeah, that's just really frustrating, especially. We didn't have Naby Keita again today because he's Klopp said he's he's feeling a bit more a little bit injured. That was the quote he said, I think. So I don't know what that is. So it's just yeah, frustrating. But yeah, good first half. But we we should have, we need to put a, a, a couple past them because one nil 
don't want to be a cliched little bastard like a commentator, but one nil is a dangerous scoreline. Doesn't matter who you're playing against, especially against a, a side who are going to play for corners, play for free kicks, and whip it in and send the big fellas forward from the back and hope for the best. And that's it worked perfect for them. Like you've got to you've got to hand it to them. Like they, they came and had a had a game plan and it worked for them. So it's just it, it's just it's, it it feels like a defeat. I'd rather so in some ways I'd rather lose like two nil than that because it's like yeah. you've got the whole game you're in the lead. And what they scored in like the eighty second minute, and you could just—it was just so predictable. And then you're thinking, right, we've got at least ten minutes here where we've got like we can go forward. Well, actually, we had an extra four minutes, didn't we? So we had we had an extra twelve minutes there where we had chances, and we just there was just no urgency, no intensity. To it was just a lot like endless balls into the box that it was kind of weren't working, and it was just kind of like we were just hoping rather than like being creatively like with with the output of the of the balls. But yeah. Yeah, really frustrating. But yeah, like you said, first half was good. It was just we needed to be tighter with the those passes in the final third. Unfortunately, we weren't. Yeah, to, we to take be... a... Sorry, Matt, go on. No, no I was no, just no. going about to say, just to add what uh, Mix just said about the frustrations. Uh, if you think about it with this West Brom side, they took points off Chelsea after being 3-0 down. So, they, you know, they got a point there. They, got, they took points off City. They were only beaten by United and Spurs by one goal. That's the way they've been playing because they've been playing really gritty football. And like I said, they have been doing a fucking formation of 6-4-0. That's the way they've been playing their football. And it, but we were much better than that. And that's... oh, I, I, I'm just... I'm trying to take positives out of it where West Brom have got points away at, at other tough grounds. And then I've just... I don't know. I'm so fucking pissed off. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that I don't think any of us are annoyed at how West Brom have come and played because that... You look at their no. squad. That if, if they want to survive in this league, this is how they're going to have to play. Yeah, it, absolutely. Our second half was just a stark comparison to the first. Like we, we can wax lyrical about how well we played on the first half, despite not taking our chances. But yeah. Tim, can you were all summarise what we saw in that second half? Crap. <laughs> <laughs> just, just crap. Like it was. It looked like meaningless football. It looked like we went into that. It looked like a halftime whistle was the full-time whistle for that Liverpool squad. They went in, they thought, right, job done. These guys clearly, I mean, they had no no opportunities going forward in the first half. They played that 6-4-0. You had Fabinho, stand, Fabinho and um, Matip standing, you know, 10, 15 yards over the halfway line. And it looked like it was, it was half-pitch football, essentially. And it looked like Liverpool went into the half going, well, it's just going to be another 45 minutes of that. These guys are clearly now just here not to get beaten 6 or 7 nil. You know, they, they don't want, um, you know, a, a thrashing and they're going to sit back and they're just going to hold this result. And as, as Mick said, you know, as as the game went on, they... Uh, they they continue to get more and more adventurous, and the warning sign was there with that with that long ball over the top, you know. And and Allison comes to the rescue. And listen, we can if and them but about how fluky the goal was. I mean, I've never seen a, a a ball rebound off a post like that. But at the end of the day, it was kind of coming. It really was. And you know, as, you, as we've all said, you got to give it to West Brom. They they came in, they played a certain way, and they, you know, we. We got a bit complacent, and they punished us for it. Yeah, I was going to say we we are like spoiled in a way that we've we've got these levels now that if we drop a little bit, it feels horrendous because you're so used to being up here 
that if like you're there and we're still we're still playing well and you don't get the results because I've just I've just read a stat there. It's the first time since December 2016 that Liverpool have dropped points from a winner posi- winning position at Anfield against the Sards that in the day in rele- relegation zone. So what's that? Four four years. That's yeah. like, and that's what I mean. We are a bit spoiled that we are so good that you, you just expect levels. And like, you look at their team compared to ours. Like, we sh- we should really. That was a, as good as a team we could get with the current current climate of players that we've got available. And we should like, and like we haven't even touched on that that save towards the end from Firmino, which was like their keeper. He's been he's been a tr- terrific this season at Johnston, and that was just a wild save. And that goes in. We scraped the win, and we're like, yeah, we've done it again. Last minute goal, and but yeah. Just wasn't a big today. No. Because I would have been expecting, if you look at the last results, it's 1 1 against West Brom, 7 0 against Palace. And you half expect it to be the other way around, given how both sides are yeah. playing. It's just, it's just very odd. And I, I was doing the, the live blog, and when we went ahead, I, I think I made a comment, something along the lines of it's going to be interesting to see how West Brom play this because they need the point and they can't exactly come out because we specialise in picking teams off on the counter. And they didn't exactly attack until the last few minutes when they had to because they very successfully, apart from the goal where Mane scored, pocketed our front three, frustrated them to no end. That furlong on the right had Mane just completely unfocused and just, it was, they came and they did their job exceedingly well. Um, I don't think there's any other way to say it. And well, like Nick said, that, that save from Johnston, he's been, he's been doing that all season, hasn't he? Hasn't he, Jay? Yeah, he has, mate. And it, again, he's one of the reasons why they will probably, well, I'm not saying they probably will, if they're going to stay up, he will be a, a major reason why. And we saw against City how good he was. Um, he made some fantastic saves in, uh, at the Etihad. So it's no surprise that that happened. You know, obviously disappointed that Firmino didn't pull it away. So listen, lads, we just got to take it on the chin. It's just one of those things. And we've got to look at the positive, the fact that we're still top of the league. You know, we, we've, we're going into games against Newcastle and Southampton for the next two, which you think, you know, we, we should be getting all six points. Uh, we st- we got Thiago to come back as well. I think having Thiago on that pitch will probably have unlocked uh, a, a through ball or something like that that, we, that no one else probably would have seen on the pitch. Maybe the Ox should have come on a little bit earlier, I thought, because, you know, he's the only one that has any balls to shoot from outside the area these days. We're just, we're trying to walk it in uh, with, with, the, with the front six usually and that just, that pisses me off sometimes because I think, just fucking hit it. When you've got 11 men behind the ball, just hit it. If you hit it straight to the keeper and it bounces back out, let's just make him work. There's yeah. two shots on target the entire game. That's that, that's just really, really poor. And, I, I, you know, look like, again, going back to the positives, we've got still got these players to come back. Jota's going to come back. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, Thiago's imminent. I, I expect him to be on the bench uh, against Newcastle. Um, so the, the positives are there, boys. And at the end of the day, like Mick said earlier, we, we, we've been spoiled last couple of years, and we were very spoiled with that title race last year. Where this by this time last year, we sort of knew that it was sort of in the bag, didn't we? When we beat Leicester four 0 so it's a little bit tighter this time. It just might make that title win at the end a little bit more sweeter, boys. With it be a lot closer. The thing is, we're touching on the positives, Mick. Apart from that one, it's the third calendar year in a row that Liverpool haven't lost a Premier League game at Anfield. Pretty much a fortress now, isn't it? It is, and that's that's what I'm talking about. Like the standards, like we're so we are we are so good. Like the first half, like you said, Matt, we, we were so good. And I was just thinking to myself, we are lucky to have these players in this team and this manager. But it's just that we need to make against the Sam Allardyce side. You know exactly what you're going to get. You need to make your chances pay, and we just didn't do that. But yeah. Like you said, Jay, positive Thiago's back. 
should be back next week uh, for Wednesday, and then Jota's back February, I think, or January, isn't he? So okay. once we get these back, and it was nice to see um, Ox come on. Like there was a couple of chances where he he probably should have a shot. I think he he wound up a couple of times and then just kind of passed it off to, to the trend. And you're like, come on, just fucking well you and uh, as hard as you can in those games. You just don't know what's going to happen. They've got that many bodies at the back. Could have yeah. flew off one of their players and went in. Like it's just one of them. Like we need someone. Like for me, you know, I had a shot in the first half, and I was like, wow. Surprised, like edge of the box. I mean, I had a shot with his left foot. I was like, "Fucking hell!" But we need to do more, more of that in these type of games. So, yeah. <laughs> Look at this clown. Maybe you <laughs> it's an Arsenal fan as well. No idea. Let us know in the comments who you support, pal. No, it's an Arsenal. Arsenal? Ah, brilliant. <laughs> cool. Nice wow. One. Let me just. Can I just check the table, boys? Wait there, one sec. Yeah. Just have a look, just have a look at the table. Just, sorry, sorry, boys. Sorry, table. sorry. We'll just stop what we're doing right now. Uh, oh yeah, fifteenth, seventeen points. Yeah, yeah. Unlucky. Fair enough. Right, so thanks for joining us, though, pal. Thanks yeah, for getting the viewing numbers up. We appreciate yeah. it. Oh yeah. Nice hit, that, hit that subscribe button, mate. Go ahead. Well, we 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 talk <laughs> shit every week, pal. Jump on. And, you know. <laughs> Fucking knobhead. <laughs> That's cheer me right up. Nice one, lad. I mean, listen, fellas, I know Mick's, Mick's talking about how spoiled we are. We have to remember that, you know, we're in a position I'm, where... I'm just going to do my, D, my DT impression. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, man! <laughs> <laughs> you know, and... Team, on, no, I was just saying that, you know, Mick's saying how, how lucky we are and, and you know, to, to support a team that's not lost at home in three years and we've only lost... You know, six or seven games in the Premier League in total over the last three years. You guys have to remember. You know, you, you have to wake up every morning and be thankful that you're not an Arsenal fan. Yes, you, know? <laughs> you get to wake up in the morning and you're stress free. And you know, we've we've dropped points, played poorly, and we're still three points, three points clear at the top. So four points. So. Yeah, true. A quick point on, on the game before we move on slightly. Um, if anyone's going to keep this lot up, it's Sam Allardyce, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. He does, at the end of the day, as much as we can't stand this football and it's not attractive to look at, he, he does what he gets paid for, and he, that's why he's done it in the past with uh, with many other teams. And if you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he did it with West Brom. And th- this will be his greatest escape if he does actually keep West Brom up from this point. And it, it, it's results like today where you know you go to the you go to a place like Anfield and you don't expect to pick up points. You go to the Etihad, you don't expect expect to pick up points. If that prick's still watching, you go to the Emirates and you expect to pick up points. Of course, really? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm only messing. With it. it is a tough place to go. We don't, you know, generally do very well at the Emirates anyway. Um, but getting a point like this for for Sam Allardyce is massive, and it's massive for West Brom because they can pick up points against other clubs, and it's these types of results that might keep them up. So, you know, well done, Bistol. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have enough. I think it's they haven't got enough firepower up the top of the pitch. I think coming up against a team like Liverpool, the Man Cities of the world, not Arsenal, or like the good teams in the in the league now, you've got you've you've his system is to sit back and counter and get a, a goal off a corner, which is against those teams is perfect. But coming up against the I don't know a Brighton or Arsenal or Leeds or whatever, you're going to have you're going to have more of the ball, so you're going to have to do something with the ball when you've got it. They haven't got the quality in in, in midfield or in defence to play out from the back and like create more more than like four or five chances in a game from from open play that they're hoping for, for for set pieces and that. So I don't think he. I hope he hasn't got enough because I don't know what it is about Sam Allardyce. Just hate the guy, but <laughs> they're, they're now on eight points. The former on eleven. So 
Yeah, they're, they're still they're still pretty much stuck down there, but I don't I don't think they'll have enough. I hope they haven't got enough, especially after that, because that's just doing my nothing. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> we move on, boys. Let's just see. Yeah, it's we gone, move gone, on. Gone. We're still top of the league. Still got a li- little bit of a cushion. You know, get that that's out of our system now. Let's just uh, go to next year and uh, and, and crack on. Uh, well, we've got Newcastle before the before the year finishes off, so let's round it off in style. And then we we start on the Monday against Southampton. Just crack on. Just enjoy the new year. You know what I mean? I've, I've got okay. a bit in, in Big Sam getting it done, to be fair. Well, with January transfer window coming up, getting his players in. But speaking of January, you know, we've said that we were probably going to make some signings. If, uh, if you boys could sign one centre-back, any centre-back, make it realistic. Who would you sign, Tim? I'll start with you. Um... <sighs> It's a weird one, but I'd go with Persher's from Ajax. Um, now I understand that obviously that's pro- probably sounds a bit weird. Obviously, after Ajax got, you know, didn't make it through the group stages of the Champions League and all that kind of stuff. But he's, I think he's twenty or twenty-one years old. He is lightning quick, um, a big six-foot-three centre back who's very comfortable with playing the ball around the back, and he just seems like the perfect player to sit to sit and fit into a clock back line. You know, I mean, one of the things that's, that stood out when we played Ajax was the fact that he was able to outrun the likes of Sadio Mane in, in both home and away. Um, and, you know, he's he was dominant in the air and, in, you know, it, it, he was a problem. So I, th- I think he, he'd fit right in and I think he's physically capable of, of making a seamless transition into Premier League football. So for me, in terms of the perfect fit and... Long term as well because he's only twenty one. I think he's probably the guy I would I would look to. Nick, I honestly have no idea. Like, yeah, he, he would he'd be a good option, but I just don't know. Are we talking about January signing someone? I don't know. I don't know if we will. Like, I honestly, I've got me like I don't know if it's going to be like kind of just get by. Uh, hope for Mourinho stays fit, but I don't know if he's just going to kind of see what. What's going on with Matip first? And if Matip's out for maybe, I don't know, two months, then maybe that forces his hand. But if he's going to be back for, I don't know, if he's going to be back in like two, three weeks, I, st- I think he'll just maybe stick as we are and just hobble on to, to the summer and then, and then see what see what, what's what then. Because like you said, Jay, they've probably got like stuff ready to, to do, but I just don't think January's the, the time to do it. Like you said, unless they, they pay like a... 10 15 million premium just on a player that they're going to sign in the summer anyway, just to get them in. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't got any, like, there's the, obviously the likes of Upper Meccano and Canate and Shares and so many good names, so many good options. But I just, yeah, any of those would be great in the summer, I think. I think that's probably the more, um, yeah, the, the, the most likely time we're going to see someone come in, I think. Well, Jay, you said before, you think the business has already been done. Yeah, I do. I, I do think that we've, we'll have we'll have somebody up our sleeve already. I think I don't, I, I, Mick makes a very good point. Where if you're gonna if you're gonna buy the best centre back that you can, who's going to be that long term partner for Virgil Van Dijk, you, ideally you're probably going to get him in the summer because if he's that good of a player, the club that that he's at right now, they're, they're not going to let him go. However, if a club that knows that they're going to lose a player in the summer, um, and then they can think right, well. Say he goes for fifty million, but we know we can get an extra twenty million out of him for going in January because Liverpool are desperate, and everyone knows we're desperate for centre back. That could force the club's hand and go, "Well, what what six months? What are we going to achieve?" Now, yeah. given those names that were floating out there, if we hadn't drawn Leipzig in the next round, 
I would probably suggest that Upper Mancano is a very, very, very good shout. But then again, this is Leipzig. This is the team that let Timo Werner go before the Champions League semis. So, again, you know, you just don't know what happens in football yeah. these days. And, you know, cup ties don't exist anymore. You know, it, it, you can play for two clubs in the Champions League, so it doesn't matter anymore. So that could be an issue. He's a bit of a cheat code of a defender, is Upper Mancano. I do rate him. I do like him uh, very much. And he would suit uh, being Van Dyke's partner. So, uh, there's obviously the, the lad at, Schal at Schalke as well. Um, is it Kabak? He's been on the cards for a long time, 20 years of age. He's, he's, a, he's a name that just won't go away at the minute. Yeah. Um, I've seen recently uh, Vestergaard has been suggested as well from Southampton. <laughs> um, and Southampton fans have been calling him Virgil van Vestergaard the last couple of weeks because apparently he's, uh, he's turned a corner. His performance has been very, very good. I'm not going to admit. I'm not going to admit to you that I've been watching Southampton every week, so I couldn't say. I'll just take their word for it. You know, their fans know him better. But I, when he did play at Anfield, and like you see him in the flesh, you think, "Fucking hell, he's massive." So I would, you know, yeah. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say no to to, to Vestergaard uh, coming as well. Like, you know, I do, I, I do, did. It's one of them boys, isn't it? it? Again, you just can't call it, especially with the January transfer window. But again, I'll, I'm the lad that Ajax. Sorry. Tim said the lad from Ajax as well. He's he's definitely on the list as well. So yeah. if we get somebody, I'd like to see somebody come in because I think for everybody in the fan base, we're all getting nervous, aren't we, when the centre-back pairing is changing. If it wasn't for Fabinho being fucking world-class in that um, yeah. position at the minute, really. boys would be really suffering. So as long as we get somebody, I, I'll feel a lot confident going to the last six months of the season. Yeah, I think I mean, there's not much more to say. I wouldn't mind, it's not going to happen, but I wouldn't mind Wesley Fofana from Leicester, but they're not going to let him go having only been there for six months. Yeah. Nah, mate, yeah, no um, chance for that. One, one more name I'd throw in, in the mix is Connor Cody, a return of Connor Cody. I know he had a fluff up at, when Wolves came to Anfield, but he's been superb for them since he's, you know, since he's taken yeah. their, uh, you know, just a proven Premier League striker to come in and, and, and pair up with Fabinho until the likes of Van Dijk and Joe Gomez return. That wouldn't be a bad fit and you wouldn't I don't think you'd have to pay a premium like you would for the likes of Upamecano or um per shares especially in January. So very true. Yeah. Very true. But I suppose we'll we'll find all this out in just a matter of matter of days really because knowing Liverpool if we have signed anyone it's already sealed and uh, we'll probably find get be getting a photo on midnight on January first. So fingers crossed <laughs> yeah absolutely before we go before we go though if there are any Arsenal fans watching don't take anything we said personally. It's just a bit of a bell end in the comments. Who's been a bit of a tit? We do like the club. You know what I mean. We do like we do like you. And you got so you've got a decent fan base. But we're just you know we just don't like the the bell end that's been in our in our comments. But it was a bit of fun. It was a bit of fun. <laughs> we'll be back for for the Newcastle match in a couple of days, and uh, until then, I guess we just have to enjoy being top of the table. In a bit. Podcast Network.